live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. With all due respect, I reject your theory completely. But you know what? There needs to be some backlash to this. This would be disastrous. There really has to be a better way. And I think the biggest question here is, what the hell is going on? The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. Move for president. Get in the race. Will he run? And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Not so fast, my friend. Jeff is off. Off today, off tomorrow, long weekend in Vegas. It's a dry heat. He'll be fine. He'll come back a richer man than he was when he left. I'm Scott Warris with you until 3 o'clock today and tomorrow. Kyle is producing. Kyle sits in for Gru. Gru and Jeff, as they like to do vacationing together. Um, are we at the point now where we are afraid to drive on I-43? Have you reached that point yet? I take I-43 north to get here in the morning. Take I-43 south to get back home in the afternoon. And I'd be lying if I said at this point in time, it doesn't enter my my mind, doesn't enter my consciousness as to the (laughs) seemingly increased shootings that are occurring on 43. We had it last night. I was here last night for for the night show, and uh, around 6.30, 7 o'clock, we heard that the market interchange was shut down because of a report of a shooting. And lo and behold, yes, they found a bullet casing. Uh, which the, the way they go about finding evidence like that, I mean, think about that. You talk about a needle in a haystack. They shut down the entire market interchange, a whole stretch of the interstate, and then the officers walk with flashlights, if it's at night, walk the entire length of the interstate to look for a casing. You talk about combing through every nook and cranny. And they found one last night. I was doing the show with Annie Schwartz. Many of you know Annie. She's on with Steve once a week usually. And uh, you know of her law enforcement background and all that stuff. And Annie looks at me and says, I'm to the point now where I, I'm i nervous to drive on 43, I-43 specifically. And until she said that, even with the seeming increase in shootings, until Annie said that, I really had not thought twice about it, even with these, well, certainly road rage. Sometimes it's road rage. Sometimes it's maybe you know related to other rage and arguments and things like that. I had never really thought about that. I don't know that I'm to the point where I am going to change the way I commute. I mean, at what point do we just say, look, I don't know how else to get from point A to point B in the city anymore. I mean, many people, I stopped driving on Capitol Drive. Okay, I'm going to avoid that neighborhood. Don't go there anymore. If you're going to eliminate an, an entire artery of the interstate, well, at what point do you just inconvenience yourself to the degree where it, it just doesn't make sense anymore? 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I am not there yet. I am not afraid to drive 43, but it enters my mind. It does. And if I'm driving, and I admittedly am a bit of an aggressive driver, I will say. I don't know that I've ever experienced full-fledged road rage. But I mind my P's and Q's. I mind my manners on the road. 
If somebody cuts me off, I likely will not gesture. If somebody's trying to get around me, I likely will allow them to do so. I'm very starting to be a lot more conscious of how I drive, at least on 43, because I don't want to tick somebody off. Now, again, I'm not afraid to drive that corridor, but are we not headed down that path, so to speak? 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I just want to kind of take the temperature here of all of you. Are you at all concerned? You know, we, we've talked about side streets and neighborhoods with the crime that exists and the fight that is going to stop some of that crime. But something as, something as important as an interstate, have you begun to avoid that stretch of interstate altogether because of these situations? Or are you still playing it cool and that's fine? 414-799-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The interstate, the Marquette Interchange, was shut down for several hours last night. Was indeed a case of road rage. And we're at the point where are you going to let the reputation of the city, the reputation of a neighborhood, the reputation of an interstate alter how you go about your everyday business? And I just, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes here right out of the gate in light of this. Look, I know a lot of you have altered your commute based on the accident prone 94 north south corridor between, you know, the, the airport and Racine Kenosha, the state line. We've talked ad nauseum because there have been so frequent accidents there. So I can understand why you might avoid that. But let's think about this for a second, folks. I, so. In order for me to have a somewhat problem-free commute, you eliminate certain neighborhoods you just don't feel safe driving around anymore. You avoid certain streets that you just don't feel safe driving on anymore. You're maybe going to avoid 94 north-south, somehow maybe take the side roads to work in that stretch. It'll take you longer because of the accident-prone stretch that it is. And now I'm supposed to avoid 43 as well? What if, enough is enough at some point, is it not? 414-799-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm not all the way there yet, as I said at the top. There are certain neighborhoods I feel a little less safe in, but I don't know that I've completely avoided areas altogether. Construct Road construction is, is a different story. We've been avoiding areas and roadways because of construction delays forever. But I'm talking about the threat of crime. And I don't think I'm making it up. I wouldn't be talking about it if there weren't these stories that continue to pop up. I did not intend to talk about this at the top of Thursday's Wagner show until last night happened. If last night didn't happen, I wouldn't be talking about this right now. So I'm not making things up. These are real-life circumstances, real-life events that are, in the trickle-down, affecting those of us who have to use the roads. Or is it? Or are you letting it? 414-799-1620. We got some open lines. Give us a call. The text line is open as well. We'll roll on in a moment on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Scott Warris in for Jeff. I'm not all gloom and doom. I'm not a gloom and doom guy, am I? I just feel like I need to talk about this because 
I haven't started altering my route to work yet. I was talking to other people in the office who here today who also take 43. And in light of what Annie Schwartz told me last night. And it's it's one of those things where I'm thinking, <laughs> should I not take 43 anymore? Because a bullet might pierce my car door. I don't know. It, it, does this enter your consciousness as well? Because again, it's, you can you can get places by avoiding a neighborhood if you if you don't feel safe, or you know, we talk about Capitol Drive. There's plenty of other ways to you know to commute in the East West Corridor if you want to don't want to take Capitol Drive. That's fine. But we're talking about an interstate here. How do you avoid an interstate? You're going to add a a good chunk of time to your commute. All right, Sharon in Waukesha. Hey, Sharon, you're on WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. I definitely will avoid 43 at all costs. I'm by myself, and I found back roads, and I have a place up in Kewaskum, and I live also in the town of Waukesha, and I will not drive 43 by myself. Hmm. So you'll go walk, you'll, what, you'll you'll just take, um, what, maybe 41, 45 north, and then cut over once you get far right. north uh, enough? What? right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I cut over and get onto 164 eventually and get back to Waukesha. Why is it? Why why is that? What is it about the stretch that just has totally turned you off? It just scares me being by myself. You know, sometimes I do silly things. I maybe cut somebody off or, you know. Right. I don't mean to, but I do. And it it scares me that I'm going to upset them and... um, Life seems to be very cheap over there. I'm with you. I, I really am. I, I am. I'm not to the point where I'm not going to drive that stretch anymore. But like I said before, I am very. Thanks for the call, Sharon. I am very. I am very conscious of my driving behavior. And yes, I understand we should always be conscious of our driving behavior. No need for road rage. Drive defensively. Well, yes, I understand that. But come on, people. Many of us don't. Many of you don't, even though you preach that. So I'm very conscious of how I drive in that stretch. And I'm not talking about speeding. I'm talking about one of my pet peeves is the merge. People don't get the merging. Sometimes I won't let you merge in unless you speed up or slow down to merge with the flow of traffic. Well, I'm a lot more polite is what I'm saying in that stretch. Just because I feel safe. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Jason, Milwaukee. Hi, Jason. Hello, good afternoon. Hey, bud. Hi. Yeah, I travel that every morning, and mm-hmm. I'm and every night, and I am always thinking about my life and getting shot up due to people not doing proper driving. And I try to pick a different route every time when I go home just for that reason of potentially getting shot at due to people not driving properly you know there there was a point jason where when we heard about and i'm going to say maybe it was two or three summers ago it it, it was to my mind the first time i'd really heard it was it was an afternoon i think and and the interstate was shut down because there was reports of a shooting on the interstate and at that time there was a dispute i believe there was a dispute between two parties one of them took off from their house you know, the other one chased and shot at them in that respect. And I thought at the time, well, that was a dispute between two parties, two people, two vehicles. Not that those 
vehicles in the surrounding vicinity of the chase could not also, you know, be the recipient of collateral damage. But now I feel as if it's it's reached the point where any any bit of road rage, even among strangers, even among strangers, could lead to some sort of violent act, whether it's with a gun, whether it's cutting somebody off to the point where you know, maybe they send you into the median wall or something like that. It, it, there's a certain, there's something different now than there was when I felt this problem creeping up three, four years ago. Oh, yes. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if that happens, the cost of repairing your vehicle or anything goes up. And people don't think like that. And I'm trying to save money. And if I can avoid something to not put that risk into play, I'm going to do it. And if that means avoiding that interstate now, I'm going to do it. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it very much. Um, I got to get to some of these other ones too. It, it becomes a lot more difficult if you if you work if you live in in an area where it's just faster to jump on the freeway, right? It's faster to go in that route. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Lewis, Tim, Tom. We'll get to you in two minutes. Your texts as well when we come back. Scott Warris in for Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Four one four texter. Yes, I am not comfortable driving between the downtown area and Hampton on forty three, and it's been that way for a while. That's from Eddie, uh, Justin. I think your approach is most prudent. Stay the course, stay the course, but remain vigilant and make certain to neither incite road rage nor be at all an impediment to reckless drivers because it only takes one errant shot to destroy or change a life. That's from Justin. Uh, 414, I live near West Bend. I changed my route to downtown a while ago. I now go down Highway 45 and into town past Miller Park. To me, it's not worth the risk to drive down I-43. This is an interstate. Again, it's it's one thing if we're talking about an avenue, a side street, a neighborhood you don't like. But now many of you are avoiding an entire interstate. Just process that for a second. Hmm. Tim, Milwaukee. Hi, Tim. You're on WTMJ. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Should I be freaking out or not, Timmy? Tell me. No, no I don't think you should be freaking out. Uh, I think if you just kind of... You know, mind your P's and Q's and, right. and try and be courteous um, to the driver, if in, even if he is driving erratically or, or, you know, like an idiot. You know, let him have his space, and uh, I think you'd be a lot better off. I, I drive a service truck, so I have to deal with a lot of, you know, I'm on the road, so mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of, uh, you know, interact with a lot of different people in the city of Milwaukee and on the interstates and the whole nine yards. I've had people calling me saying, I'm driving like a jerk. And, you know, whatever. Um, so I think if you just, you know, mind your own business, right. you don't even yep. make eye contact with that person and just do what you got to do and just ignore it. I, I think people just blow it out of proportion that, you know, and then they're going to blame the guns the whole nine yards. Well, I, I, issue, I appreciate but, the call, and I think you, you nail it with the, if you're in a stretch, thanks for the call, Tim, if you're in a stretch where you just don't feel safe, be very prudent and, and be very conscious of how you're driving. And if somebody ticks you off, think twice before you flip them off or gesture or yell or flash your lights or do something, which many of us do instinctually, which probably says more about us than anything else, but that's another discussion for another day. Think twice if you're in an area you don't like. Um, 
Okay, Lewis on the north side. Hi, hi, hi Lewis. Welcome to WTMJ. Talk a little sense into me. Talk me down off the ledge, Lewis. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this is what I'm going to say. Sure. These, these shootings aren't just random road rage shootings. These, these shootings, especially on a highway, they're, they're with people who know one another. The majority of the shootings uh, in Milwaukee and Milwaukee County are amongst are amongst known participants. They know each other. Rarely, you could go the list of shootings and homicides, rarely is the innocent bystander struck. Of course, one or two a year, it's still bad. But just avoiding the whole stretch of highway, that same fear and that same um, hypervigilance is the reason why we didn't build Miller Park in downtown Milwaukee. The, reason, the same reason why it's, it's in the Miller Valley now. It, it, it's that, that hypervigilance that doesn't need to be there. If if that's the case, why would I drive at all in the city of Milwaukee? There's shootings every day. Um, you're, you're, and I, I got to go to the news. Thanks for the call, Lewis. I appreciate that. I, there, there's a certain amount of being vigilant, absolutely. I, I don't know that, and I know, like Lewis says, many of these incidents, and specifically now the, the ones that occur on the road, um, Many of them are between two parties that know each other. But again, it's still happening on the road. And you have other vehicles on the road. I don't know. I'll plead ignorance on this one because as best as I saw or at last that I saw, what happened last night through the Marquette Interchange, I I understood it to be in the way that the story was portrayed this morning that the person whose vehicle was shot at and then ultimately drove to the police station. Melissa Barclay is here for news. You tell me, because you guys have been following this closer in the last hours than I have. As best as I understand it, this particular person whose vehicle he felt was shot goes to the police office and gives a description of the occupants of the other vehicle. I, I'm not led to believe, based on the account as, as I last read it, that the person knew the other people in this instance. Right. I don't believe they did. I I have to look yeah. deeper and, into that. And, but and, and maybe and the, maybe for some they do. Oh sure. This no, particular it, one, I I don't believe so. Totally, they. I, I get that, and I, I made that point earlier. Uh, and maybe in this instance, we will learn as the investigation goes on. Yes, they knew each other. But even if you know each other, there's still the road rage. There's still the threat of collateral damage of the vehicles around you. But let's be honest. Even if you know one another, and that's the reason for the violence. If I cut somebody off, if I do something to anger somebody in a vehicle and they have a weapon and they are willing to go shooting at somebody they know and they're upset at, it's not going to take much to tick them off to the point where they're going to turn or brandish a weapon at me in my vehicle, right? I mean, if, if, if you're that trigger happy and I tick you off enough as a stranger on the road... Is it going to take that much for for me to be the recipient of that anger, of that potential violence? I appreciate those of you who weighed in. Like I say, if, if what I'm going to continue doing is still drive 43. I'm not going to avoid an entire interstate. But if you are on the stretch of 43 north and south, in this area between the Marquette and, you know, point the crossroad north side, maybe the county line, if you're in that stretch, just be smart. And if you're prone to road rage yourself, and by road rage I mean a particular finger, uh, a, a curse word, something like that. I'm not talking road rage of you're pulling out your weapon or something like that. If, if, if you got concealed carry, whatever, fine. But be mindful. Take a breath. Realize, you know what? 
Let's not let this thing escalate and move on from there. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. Scott Warris in for the vacationing Jeff Wagner here on WTMJ. There is uh, some breaking news. Uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State and Vice President Mike Pence, uh, were in and have been in Turkey since early this morning, speaking with uh, President Erdogan and, and other Turkish officials. And uh, Mike Pence and uh, Pompeo are giving a news conference right now with the news or the announcement, I guess, that the United States and Turkey have agreed to a ceasefire in Syria. Of course, this is something that has been, and there's been so many stories on the front burner over the last, what would you say, week? couple weeks but i i don't know if you'd find anything more pressing internationally than the president's decision to remove u.s troops from northern syria the influx of the turkish uh fighters into that area and uh, the reaction by the kurds you know that uh, the house republicans and democrats voted overwhelmingly yesterday to to break with the president on that including the entire wisconsin congressional delegation that was the impetus for the meeting yesterday with pelosi and other house and senate leaders and the president of the white house and that all came in advance of the meeting this morning as pence and pompeo met with turkey and apparently a ceasefire has resulted of that let's get the latest from abc news a temporary ceasefire has just been announced in the turkish assault on northern syria vice president mike pence announcing that the u.s and turkey agreed the turkish side will pause the assault for 120 hours giving kurdish forces the opportunity to get out of the area again a temporary ceasefire in northern syria for 120 hours linda lopez abc news so that is the very latest, and uh, we'll get an update again at the top of the hour at 1 o'clock here on WTMJ. That is, I would say, certainly good news all the way around. We'll see how long the ceasefire lasts. It is not frequent in this president's term that you have had Republicans and Democrats agree on much, let alone agree and oppose the president on a particular issue. But his decision in Syria, in in Turkey, and uh, the troop decision there. Of course, that letter that he sent to Erdogan yesterday was interesting, I think you could say. It would be one word to put it, one way to describe it. And apparently uh, the news with Pence and Pompeo meeting in Turkey, so the ceasefire, at least here in the short term. Update coming in about 20 minutes. Okay, Jeff did not talk about, I double-checked with Kyle here, Jeff did not bring this story up uh, over the last few days, and, and I have not been in a position to talk about this yet. A 13-year-old does a gun gesture, you know, the, the pointing finger, the bang-bang thing where you pull your finger and your thumb and it's like a gun this 13 year old in kansas in overland park kansas a girl 13 years old who was arrested last week for pointing a finger gun we'll call it at classmates now has a chance of entering a diversion program to address her behavior instead of facing juvenile detention for a felony a felony for using a finger gun in school 13 years old. As the Kansas City Star writes, in her bright pink sweater, the bespectacled girl entered the courtroom 
On Tuesday morning, clinging tightly to her grandfather's hand, the two sat together in the front row next to a big red wagon full of colorful stuffed toys, that before a juvenile division judge. Prosecutors and the girl's lawyer discussed the possibility of the girl participating in a program that would allow her to avoid a felony charge. They'll be back in court on December 17th. Hmm. Felony charge. I'm very satisfied with the results of the hearing this morning, her grandfather said. Provides us with a way to move forward and resolve this matter to everyone's satisfaction. I'm looking forward to returning home with my granddaughter and uh, getting her started at her new school and getting a good night's sleep in the first couple of weeks. Hmm. Here's the story. Well, but, but I want you to react to this. Are you upset that this girl will apparently not face the original felony charge? Is there, can you make the case for a felony charge for a finger gun by a 13-year-old girl? This girl has lived with her grandfather in California since the incident about a month ago at Westridge Middle School. Her parents had been in the process of moving the family to Norway when she was arrested and had already sold their home, apparently. She stayed behind in the U.S. to appear in court with her grandpa and an aunt. Her mother tells the Kansas City Star that, a follow this here, a boy in her daughter's eighth grade class had asked her, eighth grade, if you could kill five people in this class, who would they be? The girl then formed a gun with her fingers and pointed at four other students one at a time and then turned the pretend weapon toward herself. Well, how did school officials learn of this? They learned of it through the school's bully reporting tip line. Okay. She was arrested, charged with felony threatening. Police said she was let out of the school by the principal, school resource officer who's an employee of the police department, handcuffed the girl outside the building, placed her in a police car before she was driven to a juvenile detention facility. You may have seen this story. It's gone viral since the Kansas City Star initially reported it. The police chief of Overland Park confirmed those facts, but also said there's more he could not disclose, which is the one little nagging element of this story. He supports his officer's decision to arrest the girl, saying schools need to be vigilant, vigilant looking for signs of potential violence. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 414-799-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay. Do you agree that this girl, based on the facts that we know, indeed was a potential violent threat? According to the to court documents, the girl also unlawfully and feloniously communicated a threat to commit violence with the intent to place another in fear or with the intent to cause the evacuation, lockdown, or disruption in regular ongoing activities or created just the risk of causing such fear. Hmm. 414-799-1620 on the Academy Mortgage Talk and Text Line.
I totally recognize that we live in a different society. Culture's different now, folks. You can say post-Columbine if you like, if that wants to be your line of demarcation. I'd probably go along with that. We live in a different world. Schools are different. Priorities, student safety is different now than it was when maybe many of us were in school. And I recognize that. And oftentimes, I will side on the spectrum of better to be safe than sorry, because the last, the last any principal, any superintendent, any teacher, the, the last place any of them want to be is after, God forbid, a horrible massacre, a tragedy, a shooting, even if nobody dies, the, the, the actual threat of a shooting, be on the wrong end of that. And only to come out after the fact and say, well, you know what? Uh, that kid had joked about it a, a few times and had talked about it. And I would heard whispers, but we thought, you know what? We don't want to go down that path. The, that's the last thing anybody in a position of authority at a school or a, a school district wants to be in. I recognize that. But based on what we know here, is this enough? To have warranted, and, and and maybe maybe if you think so, maybe you're upset that the felony charge is not necessarily going to be ultimately applied here. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty Acuna Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, she was asked by a classmate, and what about here? Again, this is what mom says, but there's been corroborating evidence of it. Are we, are we asking the boy as well? I mean, the boy asked the girl, hey, if you could kill five people in this class, who would they be? Why do we talk to him as well? The girl forms a gun with her fingers, points it at four other students, one at a time, and then turns the pretend finger gun toward herself. This was reported through uh, the bully report tip line. Police chief confirmed those facts, okay? He also said there's more he could not disclose, so again, that does kind of tug at me a little bit here, because if there's something out there they know we don't, what could that be? But he supported the officer's decision to arrest the girl, saying schools need to be vigilant looking for signs of potential violence. Hmm. 414-799-1620. I am not a parent either. If you have a youngster in school, you can speak from a vantage point that I don't. Maybe I'm off here. I think this was a little much. I think to put her in handcuffs, walk her out, charge her with a felony, now they're backing off. I, it's a little much. It just strikes me as maybe an overreaction to some extent, not knowing what those other details are that they can't disclose and reserving the right to change my opinion should we learn of those other details. But if you have a, if you have a, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, was that eighth grade, they say, is this too far? Or is this exactly the day and age in which we live? And I admit, we live in a different day and age. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We'll get the latest on the announcement out of Turkey, made by Vice President Mike Pence just a few minutes ago, that the U.S. and Turkey have agreed to a ceasefire in Syria. Turkey will allow 120 hours for withdrawal of uh, YPG Kurdish forces from 20 mile, a 20-mile safe zone area. That is the 
uh, most pressing international story of the hour. Melissa will have an update at 1 o'clock. Here we are talking about this girl out of Overland Park, Kansas, 13-year-old girl. Um, She was arrested for pointing a finger gun at classmates. And by arrested, I mean she was walked out of the building. She was then handcuffed outside the building, faced a felony charge. And it looks like she will now no longer face that felony charge. Uh, The district attorney says... um, the charge would probably not even result in the girl spending time in juvie detention because she would likely be eligible for a program that carries more lenient penalties. Based on what she did, based on the facts as we know it here, the arrest, the handcuffs, the felony charge, you could put the fear of God into the kid, but I think that's just a little bit too far. And I am usually one who will side on the be more vigilant. And yet there's something about this story that just says, really? 13-year-old, an eighth grader, an eighth grader for a finger gun? Slap the cuffs on him? What do you think? Let's go to Gary in Milwaukee. Hi, Gary, you're on WTMJ. Yes. Um, I I think they did right by uh, uh, investigating this or whatever. And uh, the charge of felony, I think, too, I agree, is a little bit uh, harsh uh, for what, what we're getting uh the thing that bothers me though is is this boy that yes. asked her this question yes. what, I, I, what I, alternative I, motive did he have that you know what uh, in some ways i'll be honest uh, gary in some ways I, i'm 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 a little bit more put off if you will or kind of taken aback i gotta let you fly gary thanks by this boy who who apparently put her up to it and said hey if you could kill five people in this class, who would it be? Now, the mom says the girl has been bullied for months by some of the classmates, and she was who provoked the incident. So this boy and, this, and the girl maybe have some history of bullying and whatnot. Mom says the girl was punched in the face once on a school bus. Another time she was left sobbing in the lunchroom. So there's a lot going on here in this story for sure. Back to the phones here. Quick reaction. And then we'll get an update on uh, the breaking news out of Syria and Turkey. Joe and West Bend, you got about 30 seconds. Hi, Joe. Go for it, buddy. I'll make it short and quick. Sure. I think all of the attention is being afforded to all the wrong places. I think a felony is a huge overstep. And I feel like the fact that this boy even asked about who she would kill and the fact that she ended by pointing at herself, mm-hmm. there are some huge mental underlying issues that I think can be addressed rather than just a punishment. Thanks for the call, Joe. Uh, one more, McGuanago and Wade. Hi, Wade. You're on WTMJ. Thanks. I know we're up against the clock. You know, I'm. If it's my granddaughter, eighth grade granddaughter. I'm happy that they arrested her and handcuffed her outside and saved some embarrassment. The issue of this boy, who knows what their relationship is, he should he should have some repu- uh, repu- retribution for putting her up to it. They could be boyfriend girlfriend. Why did she put the gun to herself? You know, her finger gun. Right. You know, felony things, felony is kind of harsh. You know, Clint Eastwood pulled that in Gran Torino, and that <laughs> people learn from stuff like that, right? Um, I don't know if the, I don't know if the, the, if the eighth grader was watching Gran Torino, but I understand the point you can wait. Thanks so much for the call, and a lot of good texts as well. Uh, from the 414, 100% yes when it comes to the felony charge. What if it was your kid? She pointed a gun at Robin Greenfield is asking. I don't have a child, but I recognize the, the, the question you're asking, Rob. No felony charge coming. Maybe she needs the mental help that she's going to get because I definitely think that the, the fear of God was put into her when those handcuffs were applied. That's for sure.
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Is what normally would be said if Jeff were here. He's not. He's gone. He'll be back. Calm down. People are getting nervous already. He's been gone for one hour. People are shooting a text in. Where's Jeff? What's wrong? Is he sick? Is he gone? Did he retire? No. He's on vacation. People in radio can take vacations. No, I, I joke about it. I have found, though, that usually if somebody on the air, and I, I, want, I assume this goes for television as well, if people are off the air in that second week, by the time you reach day 10, like Mercure right now is on one of his globe-trotting expeditions, and he's going to be gone for, I think, two and a half, three weeks. My hunch is, last week was the first week? Is this the second week? My hunch is by the end of this, well, by the end of this week, it's already Thursday, that Bill Stad, who's who's hosting for, for John, or Nick Van Wagenen, who produces the afternoon show, they may get a call or an email or, what, what happened to John Mercure? Where is he? Did something happen? Is he no longer working there? No, he's on vacation. His vacations happen. But we understand. Not everybody's listening. Every We like to think everybody's listening every minute, every moment, every hour of the day. But you people have lives. I recognize that. I really do. So anyway, moral of the story, Jeff is off today and tomorrow. He'll be, he'll be back on Monday. Going to the Packers game on Sunday. I have not been to Lambeau for a game in probably 10 or 15 years. I am very much... Um, I'm very much enjoying the watch football on tel- I'm not, I'm not totally, you know. Oh man, I can't wait to get the Lambo. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I've been very, I've been very comfortable over the last decade watching NFL football on television, for you know all the, the amenities that you are afforded when you're watching it on TV that you don't when you're in the stadium. And you don't like going anywhere to watch the game. You yeah, you, yeah, you hang out at home, or, or or with or with a small group. Sure, I, sure. Um, but you're in it this Sunday. You're, <laughs> you're in the bowl. I'm in the bowl. I'm. I'll be there, rubbing elbows with the unwashed. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there too. I think this Whoa. is the, uh, the first game I've gone to in the past two, three years. I used to go to one game every year. But you're probably in a suite or something. No, uh, somewhere in the. I'm, I'm You're gonna be with the bold. common folk, the rest of us. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have. I don't have the station tickets. I don't have uh, the the indoor facilities. I'll be out there. Do we still have those options? The I, station seats. Oh, if we if we do, I'm I'm, I'm, oh, the, I'm the bottom of the totem pole and and getting those. It was my first year here. My first year here. That was eleven years ago. Me and a bunch of other people on staff uh, behind the scenes, a bunch of us producers and some of the folks from the scheduling office and things like that. We were all invited up there to Lambeau Field to sit in the suite, and we it was a preseason game. But who cares? I mean, uh, and we have, I to my knowledge, uh, none of us who are still here. There aren't many of us from that original group. None of us have been asked back, so to speak. I'm just. Throw that out there. You keep looking in the hall like there's anybody of importance or or anybody who can, who can make that happen. I'll just talk slow in the hopes that people will walk past. But yeah, so maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. 
Like I say, I have been at, I've been around Lambeau. I've been there on the on the grounds, driven around the facility. So I know in the last ten years they've had the addition. I've seen it from the outside. I just haven't physically been inside since the addition. So it's not completely foreign to me. But tomorrow maybe we'll have to talk about it. Maybe I'll have to solicit some advice. Maybe, hey, check this out, check that out. There's a great concession stand there. Go to that restaurant. Hey, you got to stop there. I've lived here my whole life, but, uh, yeah, I haven't been to Lambo in at least a decade or so. Are you tailgating, or are you going to be parking in someone's yard? Um, no. Uh, no. The, no the family so is going. And I would say my dad, I, I don't know, if, uh, going with family? We haven't gone in probably 15, 20 years as a family to go. It's a you know rare opportunity. Everybody's got schedules that conflict and whatnot. I don't think, I don't as of now, I don't think there's any plans to tailgate. And I think there's so much, or I, I'm led to believe, there's so much going on inside that you can keep yourself occupied, is that fair to say, without having to tailgate if we're not going to tailgate? Oh, no. When I, when I say tailgate, I mean like parking at, at Lambo, like in their parking lot. Because other than that, you're going to be oh, parking in someone's, someone's ho- in, at someone's home, or there's a couple different businesses that have their parking lots open, but you still got to pay like you know 25 bucks to, pay, to park there. You say tailgate, and I think it's cookout tailgate. You mean just use the lot. Well, yeah, but if you're using the, if you're par- if you're parking in the parking lot, you're you're in the thick of it. Like there's nothing but tailgating going on around you. You don't even have to bring. You could bring just a, a, a six pack or something, just a can of soda, and that's tailgating. <laughs> just a couple of cold ones in a cooler, and pop the pop the trunk of your car, and hey, it's a, a tailgate. Tailgate's happening. Uh, I am informed that uh, we, we have a parking permit. So I guess we'll be in the lot for this. Awesome. Parking permit. Yeah, you'll be getting the full experience then. All right. All right. I'm looking forward to it. You know what I'm not looking forward to is the standing around that I remember. I remember when I went to my first ever NFL game as my dad, my brother, and I, we went to County Stadium when they were still playing games at County Stadium. It was against the Detroit Lions. I don't know. Maybe I I had to be in high school, maybe 12. took a while for us to go to our first you know, Packers game. I remember vividly sitting there would have been in the right, down the right field line, so to speak, back of the first base area and sitting there and watching. And I remember asking my dad, why are the guys just standing around? You had the Packers huddled up, you had the Lions huddled up. They weren't breaking the huddle. They were just milling about. And I said, what are they... What are they waiting for? And my dad says, oh, they're in a commercial break right now. And that's when the scales fell from my eyes. That's when I realized that, wow, television really does run the National Football League. And it does pretty much all professional sports as well. So I'm curious to see how I'm going to react to the much more frequent stoppages, because I'm sure this was 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. I'm sure there's more stoppages now than there were two-plus decades ago. You have commercial breaks. And we love commercials, by the way. We love commercials. Who am I to speak against commercials? There are, what, two or three mid-quarter breaks, and then you you kick off, and there's a commercial, and if there's a, a score, you've got a commercial. But what does Lambeau do to keep me interested during those breaks? They got a couple different things. It's it's almost like it's not quite as involved as like the half inning stuff that they have at at Miller Park for the Brewers. 
but they'll have like drum lines, stuff like that. People that are performing near end zones or near the sidelines, mm. stuff like that as well. Um, but I mean, you're not wrong. There's going to be a lot of standing around because that is how it is. Do they put the replays up on the video board? Because I'm also conscious of the element of replay that I get in my living room that you may not get when you're there live, or, or do they give it to you? Yeah, so if there's some sort of official review or something like that, and they go to a commercial break or something like that, they're going to have that on the screen. Like, they're not going to mm-hmm. you know, try to deter you away from the game by having you watch the drum line in that instance. But And, and let's be honest, um, to follow statistics of the game... I know they have that up on the video board to some extent, but everybody's got their phone, right? So, I mean, I can still follow. What are you shaking your head at? Well, I mean, I don't know who your provider is, but my phone, everybody... I have AT&T. What do you have? I have Cellcom. Everybody in Lambeau is using their phones, right? Like to have right. to to use your phone there, it's actually pretty tough to oh, to load it. to load things because of just the area. I don't I don't really know how to explain hmm. it from a from a LTE or whatever perspective uh, how it all works but yeah my phone rarely works as, as like a fantasy football player like some uh, like doing that if i want to check my scores yeah. the better the easiest way to do that is by paying attention to the board that they have at Lambo instead of using my phone so they will put well, I know they put scores up, but they'll put some degree of statistics up, in-game some, statistics? Yeah, if there's like a timeout or something, they'll show uh, a replay of a touchdown that happened in a different game, oh, something good. like that. Um, I would expect that they do a lot more of that later on in the year if there are like playoff implications, yeah. things like that. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's a lot more involved since uh, the county stadium days, I imagine. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that uh, that's for sure. Uh, just like I say, I haven't been to Lambeau since the renovation, and it's been about 15 years or so since I've been there last. So I'll be there Sunday, and I appreciate you kind of uh, educating me on something. There's probably people out there going, Scott, we go every week. We have tickets. Well, not everybody has season tickets. Not everybody gets tickets, period. So this will be an experience. I'm sure something will go horribly wrong, and I'll be back on Monday to complain about it in some way, shape, or form. That's what I do. I complain. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Well, I have received, you said, uh, Kyle, the uh, the cell service at Lambo is brutal. I have, I'm receiving now confirmation and reconfirmation by other people who are regularly at Lambo Field that say, you basically get choked off at Lambo during the game from network congestion. So what if your tickets, I mean... Most people like we will. We have our tickets on our phone. I imagine it's okay once you get in. It's being in there with all those people that the congestion takes over. So don't anticipate taking photos and sending them out and posting them. I don't have to worry about posting them. I have no social media footprint. But nevertheless, texting, pictures, all that stuff. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I remember my phone working fine walking into Lambo or like being in line, you know, getting ready to get into the stadium. But being in the stadium at the seats... After all of it happens, there's very little that you can get. That strikes me as something that the folks with the Packers and Lambeau and, and stadium, what would you say, stadium management, that they would, and maybe they have addressed it and it's got to be readdressed or ramp it up a little bit to have more, what would you say, more... Um, like accessibility for, yes, it, for each yes, other. Yes, just overall accessibility. Whatever you need to build, whatever you need to install to allow for more bandwidth i don't know what the term is i'm not a but you know what i mean just look you're gonna have what what does it hold Eighty thousand people 70 plus 80 something 
give that many people. Not that every person is on their oh, close to it, but not that every person is on their phone at one time. I mean, during the stoppages, they're going to be. Yes. Right? We're checking scores. Mm-hmm. Like you say, fantasy football, stuff like, okay, these are all things. I'm glad maybe I brought it up. I'm glad I didn't wait until tomorrow. I'm glad I brought it up today. This allows me to to get psychologically prepared to be disappointed in some way, shape, or form. But that's not why you're there, right? No, you're there to... no. We root on the home team, the green and gold. I, Which is another... Th- oh, heck, we're just talking about it now. Well, I, we're not waiting until tomorrow. The other thing I realized is for somebody who's lived here his entire life, at points in my life, I have had a Packers jacket, hat, sweatshirt. I got bupkis. I have no... I have no green and gold Packers attire in my possession in a closet, in a drawer, anywhere. I can't go to that game on Sunday and not have at least a a baseball hat, a Packers hat. Yeah, um, Goodwill is an easy solution for that. You're going to find tons of old uh, jerseys, um, like like an Edgar Bennett jersey. I am, I am, oh no, yes, but I, I... I'm, cons- I'm I will never wear a jersey first of all and, and Oh well but no, but you're I'm not, there. not a jersey guy. You the, the whole th- okay well no, that's, no, that's all fine. And, and look the, the one reprieve I give people is if you are at a sporting event I will allow you to wear the jersey. Other right. than that if you're not at the event for which the jersey applies don't wear a jersey. Do not do that folks. That is uh, number 2 or 3 on my sports pet peeve list and if you are older than 22, I'll, I'll, I'll let you wear a jersey for whatever reason you want if you're still in college. Once you're older than 22 years old, once you're out of college, no more jerseys unless you're at the event. So I get that. There'll be jerseys everywhere. But I need to go to the store tomorrow. I need to hit Kohl's or something like that. Get a somewhat cheapish hat or a or a pullover or something like that. Yeah, I got a cap, and then I'm probably going to wear a bunch of different layers of sweaters or something. And then I got a big oversized Packers zip up that I'm going to be wearing, so that'll that'll work. But the only so jer- that's how, how how I'll identify you then. Sure. There's Kyle. <laughs> He's wearing his Packers zip up. I'm going to look like Ralphie from the from the Christmas story. Several people are texting in saying it's close enough to November. You could get away with blaze orange at this point. <laughs> yeah, only jersey that I got is a Clay Matthews one, and it's the classic uh, throwback, those blue and yellow ones. Oh. So yeah, not even Packers colors, traditional Packers colors, and uh, and Clay Matthews, who is no longer with us. Well, that's the other thing. If you're going to throw on a jersey, I love it. Nathan is texting and saying, "There's always I've always thought there's something weird about wearing another man's name on your back." Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've never been a jersey guy. I have, I have never owned a sports jersey in my life. Okay, Justin is saying, I think Lambo has addressed this in conjunction with the phone carriers, but until 5G technology is there, it's hard to create the bandwidth needed with all those people streaming, either watching other games or sending pics and videos. Also, phones more than a few years old fare worse because they cannot take advantage of all the new frequencies that the current 4G towers now use. Hmm. Somebody's saying, record the game at home. You miss a lot by being at the game in person. Other people recommending various tailgates for me to attend. This is good. I like this because this is a collective conversation from people who are Lambo aficionados, people who are 
I'm not a Lambo rookie, but I'm certainly kind of dusting off and, and walking into the place I haven't been in a long time. I know one thing. I'm in next week, Monday and Tuesday, for, for Scafidi. So I know for a fact that I will bring some sort of story to the table on Monday. Keep the advice coming, and um, I will use what I can. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. People are texting in already trying to guess who said that. Nathan asking if it was Bernie, get off my lawn, Sanders. Uh, another 262-er texting in Bernie Sanders. No, it's not somebody who's running for president, but it's definitely somebody who is probably a fan of any one of those people on that Democratic stage. Now, you, Kyle, guessed. That's because there's a photo of this person, and you kind of saw the photo, and, and you, you guessed. You, it's not who it is, but you guessed... De Niro. You guess Robert De Niro. And I said, well, you're, you're definitely in the right realm. Should we do this as a... Should we see if anybody can get this? 414-799... What the heck? 414-799-1620. Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, don't Google it. Don't ruin... Don't, don't Google it. Just come on now. This was in response here. I'll, I'll tell you some of the backstory. This was in response to Felicity Huffman, Felicity Huffman, who started her 14-day sentence in jail for being a part of the college admission scandal. This person was responding to Felicity Huffman's jail sentence. The person says that I don't think anyone involved in the college fraud case should go to prison. This includes past cases as well. Community service fines, yes, but prison time, no. And I wasn't surprised because it doesn't shock me that this person would go to bat for Felicity Huffman, okay? But this person then got flack on Twitter for saying that their heart goes out to the actress. And when they started getting flack... For example, somebody said, this opinion seems tone deaf. If they can afford hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids in, how will a fine be a deterrent? Even the current risk of jail was not. To which this person responded, the person for whom I'm asking, community service is better. The demonization of wealth in this country is mind-blowing. A country built on both freedoms and commerce... Now all success is scrutinized merely to succeed, especially financially, invites scrutiny, judgment, and abuse. This person is taking up the cause of what? Personal wealth. Taking up the cause of what? A capitalistic society. And I was floored. Texts are rolling in. 641. Joe Biden from the Democratic Debate. George Clooney. No, but you're getting warm. Uh, let's see. Lori Laughlin. No. Well, she waits for sentencing. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Okay. Mike in Kaukana. You want to take a guess at this? I was absolutely floored by the source yeah. of that quote. Go ahead, buddy. 
And I did not Google this. Okay, good. I originally was going to say Warren Buffett, when then when you said Robert De Niro, because I know I've heard I've heard this person say it, and my guess is Clint Eastwood. No, but you are definitely in the realm. You are in the industry. Let me put it that Son way. Of a gun. Yes, <laughs> say Mike. You're in the industry. Okay, some of you are getting it on the text line, but then people are admitting that they Googled it. See, it's difficult to do when you when you Google it, folks. You Google it. That was a sentence by maybe maybe not everybody. So I'll give you a tip. My cat, Whoopi Goldberg. No, Clint Eastwood. Another and maybe Clint Eastwood has said things similar. Again, this person said, "My heart goes out to Felicity Huffman." Basically saying she did not deserve jail time. This person then got flack for their defense and coming to the aid of Huffman, and in response to the flack, said that community service is better. The demonization of wealth in this country is mind-blowing. A country built on both freedoms and commerce. Now all success is scrutinized merely to succeed, especially financially, invites scrutiny, judgment, and abuse. Hmm. I'll tell you when we come back. Ha! Radio Tease. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. People hate when I do this. I wonder sometimes. I string you along. Hey, listen a little longer and I give you the answer. Uh, I'll give you the answer in a second. Many of you on the text line have gotten it. Uh, on the text line, incidentally, uh, guesses such as Stephen Colbert, Warren Beatty, Meryl Streep, Mark Ruffalo, Al Pacino, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Is Dick Van Dyke a very political person? <laughs> Rob Petrie. What? All right, a couple calls. I'll, I'll tell you who it is because I'm telling you, <laughs> I would have never guessed it. Eric in Milwaukee, who's your guess? I'm going to go with Rosie O'Donnell. No, but uh, you are so, you, you, are, you are hot. You are, you really? are, you, you, you're, you're warmer than warm. You're hotter than hot. Eric, that's not Rosie O'Donnell, but this person has a connection. In their past to Rosie O'Donnell. Just throw that out there. Jack and Appleton. Hey, Jack, who's your guess? I was going to say Eva Longoria. No, it is not the former Mrs. Tony Parker. Um, it is not Eva Longoria. It is Alec Flipping Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin? Quote, the demonization of wealth in this country is mind-blowing. A country built on both freedoms and commerce. Now, all success is scrutinized. Merely to succeed, especially financially, invites scrutiny, judgment, and abuse. Now, maybe I missed something. Maybe Alec Baldwin has broken from his democratic ties, from his liberal philosophies and beliefs, and has... It may be in some way, shape, or form sided with conservatives and Republicans more often than not when it comes to standing up for wealth and hard-earned money and not looking to demonize well What? Alec Baldwin. Yeah, somebody said Joy Behar. I just, I was totally... And I understand the headline of the story is Alec Baldwin getting flack for 
his thinking Felicity Huffman's getting a raw deal by having to go to jail, and people are talking about that. Doesn't she deserve jail time? How can Alec Baldwin defend this? No, 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 no. Look past that. Go a little deeper. Look into what Alec Baldwin said when people criticized his heart goes out to comment towards Felicity Huffman. I, has he watched the Democratic debates? Is he going to be breaking ties with Biden or, or more likely Bernie or Warren or anybody? That, that is all in large part that these Democratic debates have turned into, the demonization of wealth. That's what a lot of that base rallies around, the idea of big business is bad, wealth is bad, which always boggles my mind. It really does. At what point in the history of the United States did wealth become a bad thing? We talk about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. What is the American dream it's being able to earn a living. It's being able to work. It's being able to, if, if you're coming into this country or if you were born in this country, regardless of your background, you have the opportunity to work, to earn wealth. But only so much wealth, apparently, before you become a bad guy or a bad woman. To rise to the level of a CEO of a business leader, of industry, but only rise so far, only accumulate so much wealth. And yes, there are bad people that do bad things in all walks of life. So there are bad CEOs and bad business people, unethical business people, and maybe they've spoiled it for everybody. But look, generally speaking, wealth, you hear that word, and more times than not, There's a negative connotation that comes with it. But I often wonder, why is that not the ultimate sign of success in this country? And you can, everybody defines success differently. And whether you have more money than the person next to you or not, I think a lot of it is rooted in jealousy. There's envy there. Just natural, A natural longing to have more? How come I can't have what he or she has? And you envy, you know, the neighbor who has the nice car or the fancy house that you drive through in the neighborhood. But, again, the idea that wealth has become a dirty word in this country, it it kind of boggles my mind sometimes. But nevertheless... Alec Baldwin going to bat for the wealth in this country and talking down when it comes to the demonization of wealth. I'll tell you what, you could have given me 500 guesses. I would have never guessed that it would be Alec Baldwin speaking up for capitalism. And I'd recommend, too, Alec Baldwin. Have, have you watched a debate? Have you watched one of your potential Democratic nominees for president debate? Because... I don't know if they share the same philosophy as you. Maybe this is man bites dog. Maybe this is Baldwin letting the mask slide a little bit and letting his true feelings about capitalism come forth and wealth. Maybe maybe he let it slip a little bit. Is that going to make us like Alec Baldwin a little bit more? I don't know. 
You know the thing about Baldwin, too? I find that his impression of, of Donald Trump on SNL, I want to laugh. It's just not funny anymore. And I know that there are people who, who are perpetually offended by Saturday Night Live because of how they mock and, and, and try to parody the president and, and all the goings-on in the Oval Office and in this administration. I am one of those people that is able to celebrate, uh, celebrate, separate, separate comedy or attempts at it from getting personally hurt that, oh, they're making fun of the party for which I'm affiliated. I, I, I don't. I can separate the two. I really can. The problem with me is I just I don't think it's that creative anymore. And I sometimes wonder if Saturday Night Live, Lorne Michaels, Alec Baldwin, all that, all that crew, they're, they're trapped right now. They're trapped right now because they feel as if, well, look, we have to open every show with a with some sort of development and scene out of the White House. And and the writing isn't even that good anymore. And I think if you listen to the audience reactions usually, they're not quite as jovial as they were 2 years ago or 3 years ago, 2015 when Baldwin first appeared as Donald Trump. Bill and Okanamawak here wants to make a comment about uh, calling wealthy people evil or bad. Hi, Bill. You're on WTMJ. Hi. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's it going? What you um, got? What you got? On wealthy people bad, I think that's just dumbing down people. I, I know a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans, but mm-hmm. the Democrats I know, not one of them call wealthy people bad. In fact, many of them are wealthy themselves. Mm. They, we all believe, though, as Americans, not Republicans, not Democrats, we all pay a fair share. And when you see people which you know for a fact are, uh, how should I say, uh, over the top in wealth, nobody wants them to take away their wealth. They just want to share in the expenses like everybody else. And if you study it and really read about it, you'll find out I know what I'm talking about. Because I know many wealthy people that say they could afford to pay more and pay their fair share. But would you not agree, though, that... And I said this before, generally speaking, to be wealthy, there has something has changed whereby there's a certain negative connotation of that, at least in certain necks of the wood. Would you not say that? Well, yeah, but it's overemphasized. It's just like before you talk about SNL. They're yeah. as funny as they ever were. But when Obama was president, the Republicans thought they no, were great. No, 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 oh, no, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Saturday Night Live is as funny as they ever were. If, if they, there's not enough creativeness. I don't mind that they make fun of of Trump, that they make fun of the late, but just be 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 funnier, be a little bit more creative with some of the writing. I, I just feel as if. Now we're kind of going off from the wealth to the Saturday Night Live thing, but no, 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 that's fine. I I just feel as if Saturday Night Live is kind of, they've painted themselves into a corner whereby everybody expects us to, you know, parody and have us opening scene, the latest from Washington, we got to do it, and we're just going to give the people what we always do. I, I just, I don't feel like it's as funny as it was. Maybe it's gotten old. Maybe the writing has gotten a little bit less creative. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but the thing is the sensitivity. Um, we have, I'll never forget, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, there were many people that were outraged. But 
But when we didn't, when we t- kind of took a knee to Russia, those same people weren't ru- um, outraged at all. Mm-hmm. I don't get this sense, super sensitivity. I get that if you're a Republican or Democrat, and I voted for both. Mm-hmm. I, I have played both sides of the field. Trust me, I'm more of an American than either one. I want what's best for the country. Mm-hmm. But this super sensitivity that, oh, they're, you know, SNL is picking on this person and nobody likes yeah. the wealthy. If you look at the Democrats, they're some of the most wealthiest people in the world. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Really I, I, I got to go, Bill. I appreciate the call, man. Good, good to hear from you, as always. Look, there, there's, and there's hypocrisy everywhere, and we mix it all up. But anyway, I just found, speaking of hypocrisy, found it funny that that quote comes from Alec Baldwin. And uh, be funny on Saturday night, huh? Be funny. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Jeff is off. I am Scott. Okay, Melissa, who is uh, remaining here. You're fighting a cold. I am. I apologize Let's for that. Let's just tell it right out of the gate. <laughs> you got snot running down no, your well, face. No. There's Kleenex <laughs> everywhere. Lozenge wrappers. It's just, it's not pretty well, right it's here. It's not pretty, but it's just, uh, you know, when it, uh, cold. It's radio. It's, yeah, it's, be, it's, it's cold. radio. We don't have to be pretty. I sound nasally, whatever. <laughs> now, in that newscast, we had the report from our own uh, Tony Bedock. TB, yes. mm-hmm. TB, we like to call him TB, who was down in Racine, Racine Horlick, a big anniversary, what, hundred some odd year, right? Yes, and nobody okay. actually calls him TB. Do you call him TB? Yeah, TB. And when he was doing the show call with Bill Stadia, there was the EBTB show. EBTB, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. But I digress. <laughs> yeah. And he, can, can you just play that? Yeah, because sure there was a, he's talking to a gentleman who's familiar with, with the history mm-hmm. of the field, and he referenced a particular sport event that I'd never heard before. Okay, here we go. It's known in Racine as Horlick Field yeah. ever since 1919, okay. but its history dates back even further. Well, I think that sporting events have been held on that location Listen. for at least 150 years. Alan Carls authored mm-hmm. the book Racine's Horlick Field, drums along the foundries. Every type of event, donkey baseball games, okay, stop, stop, circuses, stop. demo... What? Donkey baseball? You haven't heard of that before? What the heck is donkey know, baseball games? I have never heard of donkey baseball People games. riding on donkeys playing baseball? So I, <laughs> I, I go to the Google machine, and it says donkey baseball started as a novelty in the 1930s, played on a standard softball field. The batter will climb on a donkey to run the bases. Out, which, which well, it's usually done for a fundraiser. Okay. Yeah. But technically, you're not running the bases if you're riding a donkey. Let me just semantics, but nonetheless. Outfielders are on donkeys and are allowed to dismount to grab the ball, <laughs> but must hold the reins at all yeah. times and can only throw the ball once they climb back aboard the donkey's back. Not only that, there is a website, dairylanddonkeyball.com. Good old-fashioned family baseball fun with a twist. You're riding a donkey. I've never heard of this before. Never heard of that. It's kind of like uh, cat yoga or, do- or what was that? Goat yoga. There's goat yoga. It's donkey baseball. Jim in Port Washington just texted, Our high school used to have donkey baseball games. I wonder if a donkey has ever gotten hit while playing. That's That would be horrible, right? A line but, drive. Look out! Watch out, the donkey. And then it goes off running with you on it. That would be scary. I don't know. I think about these weird situations. Well, here's the question. If you're batting and the baseball hits the donkey, do you get the base? Or does it have to hit you, the person, to get the base? 
I'm looking is at you. Is there protective gear? Kyle. Kyle, protective you... gear on the donkeys? Is this a Milwaukee thing? Because well, I'm not I... from the Milwaukee no, area. No, it's not. I, I, I've seen it in other places. You have physically been to a donkey No, but party. I knew someone that was doing it for a fundraiser. It was like a, you know, you go there, you have fun. Obviously, it's not a serious game. Okay, Jim is clarifying. It was donkey basketball, not baseball. Well, that makes a lot more sense, Jim. What? No, the, the, this oh is gosh. donkey baseball at historic Racine Horlick Field in the uh, early 1900s. Yeah, look, uh, it's a Dairyland donkey ball. You can play baseball. Okay, there, there's a tab for donkey basketball, donkey races, celebrity donkey races. Are donkeys this... What, what's the word? Are, are, are they this common? Are they this easy to obtain? And it's not just one. You need you need at least nine if you're going to play baseball, right? Look at the look on your face. It's hilarious right now. I'm, I'm bewildered. Yeah, so am I. I did not know this was a thing. Donkey baseball. It must not happen anymore. I'm willing to bet the, the PETA folks don't let that happen anymore. My thought is it, right? if this has been around for centuries or a or over over a <laughs> at century least, at least one century like there's got to be at least a couple of people that take it too far that are too competitive with donkey baseball like how do you you gotta you gotta you gotta dismount the donkey and you gotta run you you can't run to the ball because you gotta be holding on to your donkey <laughs> no yeah, i know what you're thinking <laughs> and then you gotta you gotta get the ball and then you gotta the donkey's got to cooperate, and you got to hop back on top of the donkey. How quickly is all that motion? And imagine the donkey isn't happy to be there. No, because no, they got... I mean, I know donkeys were meant to, to carry people, but nevertheless, it's... it's. I mean, how annoying is that? The don, I, and I, I'm looking at photos right now. There are people who are playing donkey baseball in a, in a gym... And then there's pictures of donkey baseball, uh, basketball, I'm sorry. No kidding. So they're just clopping around on the hardwood? Yeah, they are, actually. Which can't be good for the surface of the court, that's for sure. Donkey baseball. Donkey baseball. I don't know if it's still a thing, but it was a thing, at least at one point, in the proud history of Racine Horlick Field. See, we're learning. We're learning. Tony Bedock bringing us that story, teaching us about a sport that we didn't know exist. And maybe it still does, at least according to DairylandDonkeyBall.com. They have a calendar of events. It's probably out of season. We're probably near the end of donkey baseball season. Yeah, donkeys don't want to play baseball in the snow. Basketball? It's indoors. Oh, yeah, now it is. We're in that in-between period where you've got the donkey basketball league starting, but uh, the donkey world series is yes, just Now they're working up. on their basketball skills. It's true. It's true. See, now you learned something, too. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. Not going to lie, there was part of me that was kind of hoping somebody would call up during the break and say, Oh, yeah, me and my, me and my grandpa used my grandpa used to take me to donkey baseball games at historic Racine Horlick Field back in the day. A couple texters said, It's a... It, it's fundraisers. The company brings the animals. It's fun. Yeah, not for the animals. Animals always look miserable when they're made to do something that isn't... <laughs> I'm watching a video from 1935 of a donkey baseball game. <laughs> it's unnatural. 
And animals look uncomfortable anytime they're doing something that doesn't look to be within the realm of what the good Lord put them here to do. And playing baseball is one of them. A lot of people, okay, so basketball has clearly replaced baseball in terms of popularity. Dale says, I went to a donkey basketball game in the 70s. It was WDUZ radio against the Green Bay Police Department. (laughs) So, you know, law enforcement obviously supported it. 847, I played donkey basketball. Oh, here you go. He answers your question here. Come on. The donkeys have special rubber shoes. Well, they probably have Nikes or sneakers. They, well, they got to wear their basketball shoes. I was in high school in 77. We played against the teachers. Raised money to support foreign exchange student programs. It was a blast. Mitch in Surgeon Bay asking if there are bench-clearing brawls in donkey baseball. Well, yeah. Look, if you get hit in the ass, you're going to charge the mound. <laughs> but anyway, I just was waiting to make the- Answer that call, Kyle. Maybe that person, maybe maybe there's somebody out there who played donkey baseball. I know it's not the most important thing. I know, I know there's a lot of important things going on in society. We have a, 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 a peace treaty, at least a temporary peace treaty has been signed between U.S., Turkey, and the Kurds, and that is very important. I know that we have... Uh, I mean, I recognize that we have an impeachment inquiry going on right now in in Washington. Impeachment for that? And we could talk about that as well. But let's be honest. I mean, donkey baseball. You're going to remember this show for that, if nothing else. Fred, uh, Fred has played this. This is a, this is a. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fred in Neshota. Hey, Frederick. How you doing? You played a donkey baseball or or attended a game? No, no, I didn't. I told I I told your screener. Mm-hmm. I said I remember back in the seventies mm-hmm. watching the Green Bay Packers play donkey basketball. Oh come on! They would come to high schools as a fundraiser, and and I told them I'll I'll never forget watching Chester Markle ride a, a donkey around <laughs> Kettle Moraine's gym playing basketball. And they had some of the big boys on these donkeys too back in the day. <laughs> some of the some of the linemen, some of the offensive and defensive linemen. Yep, they had a whole bunch of them. Then they'd sit and sign autographs after the Packers, not the, the Packers donkeys. and the dog. Da, da. You beat me to the punchline. You beat me <laughs> to the punchline. All right, Fred. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah, apparently other people are saying for fundraising purposes, it, it it was a big hit. Maybe it still is. I'm willing to bet this is shut down. I just it, it that does the practice of using animals in this form donkeys as it were I am willing to bet that it would offend a couple of people or usually one person and then they raise a stink with whether it's the school district if they're using it to raise money for a field trip or let's all go to Washington DC whatever the case may be I'm willing that these things are a thing of the past it was a simpler time and now Peter just gets too upset I mean, what? Uh, You're so frustrated by this. It's, it's you, so, you're not even I, frustrated. I, I sense this just this exasperation on the issue of donkeys. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm so confused and yet so grateful. I'm going to send this, you a uh, couple of these story. videos. If, if you if if you if you get bored at the office the rest of the afternoon, just do a YouTube search for donkey baseball, and the hilarity will ensue. Because well, I promise you that. But what's the huge difference between like say? This 
and either donkey baseball or donkey basketball and polo, right? Because you're you're still riding on a horse. You're swinging like huge, long, almost like sticks, like long hammers, hitting the ball around. That, that seems much more involved. Well, than than this. Donkeys are by their nature more stubborn, so. Part of the sport is getting the donkey to cooperate. That's that, that's also why I keep laughing at myself because I'm imagining donkey basketball. You know, you're ba- you're you're like seven Slapping feet. You're, it. you're six yeah. feet in the air. Yeah. You're really throwing Bound down the, the basketball yeah. to dribble it. Drive the lane. And you and you also kind of like you know kind of nudging, kicking at the donkey, being like, yeah, you gotta drive drive the lane. <laughs> Top of the key. Let's go. I love it. Jeff in Fox Point, who knows that I'm an umpire, says, would you umpire donkey baseball or do play-by-play for donkey basketball? I would do play-by-play for donkey basketball before I would sign up to umpire for donkey baseball. Because when you crouch down behind home plate, it's just a... It's a di- Plus the strike zone. What's the strike zone? Okay, here we go. Let's play this out. I'm an umpire. Been an umpire for 25 years. Donkey baseball. You get in the batter's box. Is the strike zone shoulder to the knees of the person? Of the donkey? Is it the shoulders of the person to the knees of the donkey? What the heck is my strike zone? See, these are the things. This is probably why the sport ultimately was phased out. Not because PETA got in the way of, of, of people having fun in this respect. It was because... We, just couldn't arbitrate a fair, fair game. Okay, let's move on, shall we? Let's do this. There are people going, thank God, would you shut up about this? Okay, I will. We will move on in two minutes. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. They lost complete control of the show. Complete control of the show. I just, you know, I, I picture Jeff coming back. And right now, people are emailing him, Jeff, whoever this guy is who's filling in for you, he's just spent the last 26 minutes talking about donkeys playing baseball. And Jeff's going, I don't care. Leave me alone. I'm I'm sitting at the sports book at the MGM Grant. (laughs) All right. Stop texting me things. Stop texting me things about this. Um. Story that says more than half of Americans hide purchases from friends and family. You're watching the video, aren't you? (laughs) Look at you. See, I said it's going to provide eight minutes of hilarity for you for the next eight minutes. Okay, moving on, moving on. Ready, go. I have never in my life been in a position really to hide a purchase from friends and family. And yet... (laughs) And yet, a study of 2,000 Americans examining their spending habits and behaviors found that 59% of you, of us, have hidden the cost of the items they've purchased from others. I just have a question. Why? I'm sorry, 56%. 56% revealed they've hidden purchases from family and friends out of pure embarrassment. 59% 59% have hidden the cost of the items. Somebody help me with this, please. 414-799-1620 on the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I, what, what are you buying? Why do you feel you need to hide it from a loved one? Especially, I'm not married, okay? So I'm imagining there's what is the husband buying an extra gadget in the house and they're afraid the wife's going to yell at them? Is the wife buying an extra 
piece of clothing, a new dress, new shoes, new pair of shoes, piece of jewelry, and she's afraid the husband's... Is this really a thing in society? Is it really true that over half of Americans, according to the survey, hide purchases from family and friends out of pure embarrassment, in which case I say, what the heck are you buying? And or the simple cost. Maybe you'll tell your loved one that you bought something, but you'll lie about the cost. I have never done this. I have never been in a position where I felt the need to do this. And yet, if this survey is accurate, it's happening more than half the time in America right now as we speak. What are you hiding? What? I mean, well, I think it could be. The, Melissa, the, you're here. You're very I'm secretive. Here. <laughs> I'm very secretive. What are you, have I'm you not. ever hid the cost? Let's do this first. No. Have you ever hid the cost of an item from uh, maybe one of your one of your significant others? <laughs> one of my. Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm I'm divorced. So when I was married, okay, um, I, I was at a point where I was unhappy, right? Sure. And I would buy a lot of shoes. Right. So I would buy shoes okay. kind of filled that. I don't know, but it's okay. a thing. It's, it's a thing. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Did you hide it from your then husband? Um, no, I think I just these didn't people... share that I was buying sh- uh, sh- shoes I or clothes. That's, that's the definition. <laughs> well, d- but nobody asked. So, you know what I mean? I wasn't forthcoming with it. Like, hey, I just bought a couple pairs of shoes. Instead, I just kept it under the radar. All right. Right. Well, so what about even with maybe with family? Would you hide mm. the cost of something? Like maybe say something wasn't as expensive as it was because you're afraid you may get flack from them. For, you spent how much on that television? Anything like that? No, I wouldn't know. That that would be sort of, you know, why would you do that? Well, I think if you were going to hide it, it would be something like a spouse or someone that you, you might feel guilty if they, they might shame you or make you feel guilty for buying such a, you know, a larger I, item or something. I am completely taken <laughs> aback by this. I... I, I Solicit those of you who are doing this. Explain this to me. Are you hiding the cost? Are you hiding? Are you hiding purchases from your? Or maybe your you can't afford it. You can't afford it, and you bought it anyway. That's probably something you would hide. And it could lead to a, strife. A, a, in the house. Yeah, like a, a fight or an argument. Yeah, you would probably. That's probably a reason that you would do it. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm soliciting all of you secretive. Listeners out there, we'll get to you in a couple of moments. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Scott in for Jeff. Getting your reaction to the apparent fact that uh, more than half of Americans have hidden the cost of the items they've purchased from others and or have completely hidden the purchases themselves from family or friends out of pure embarrassment. Over half. And a couple of you on the text line, like uh, Michelle in Waterford and another person as well, saying, if you got to lie or hide things in your relationship, I think there's a problem with the relationship. Uh, let's see, the 262. I hid the cost of a car from my friends that I really wanted. I knew I was... Burned when I bought it. I never admitted to myself or friends. So there you, you realize they got you, and you just didn't admit it. This is a good one. Uh, Mike in Marquette, Michigan. I once put a... This is a good one. I once put a Christian Yelich jersey on our credit card. When my wife asked what the Discover payment was for, I told her it was gas for both of our vehicles. All right. All right. Good luck with that relationship. You got issues, Mike. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeff in Menominee Falls. Hello, Jeff. Hey, 
Hello. All right, Jeff. Yes, I have I have bought uh Packer memorabilia. No, no, hang on, hang on, Jeff. Did you just say boughten? All right, bought. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm saying that on behalf of your junior high English teacher. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> bought. I bought. <laughs> uh Packer memorabilia through the years. Uh-huh. Uh trying to when we were getting the basement fixed up, probably for about ten years. And had it all stashed and surprised my wife with how much I had. So it was a kind of a good surprise. The basement worked out really nice. So, but she didn't know any about the amount that I had had bought in through the years. So, <laughs> fair enough. Thanks, Jeff. Is it still a right. secret, or are you by calling his fifty thousand watt radio station kind of sharing the secret? Oh no, now? no, no. It's the basement's done. Oh. So, and she helped me. Actually, she's. Uh, I think she's more proud of it than I am. So she put a she put a lot of work into it. Okay, getting things all set up. So all's well that ends well. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Jeff. I do appreciate the call. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Uh, Mitch reminding me personally that I could always get away with a secret purchase because all I ever use is cash. No paper trail. Exactly, Mitch. Excellent. 262, yes, of course, all the time. I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband would never agree with all my purchases. Hide them, sneak them, lower the price. Wow. All right. I admire your candor. Chris in North Prairie. Hi, Chris. You're up next on WTMJ. Hey. Scott, thanks for taking my call. What uh, you got? That, uh, last texter kind of stole my thunder. My wife mm-hmm. loves to buy my son things. And then I don't know about it until I see him. And then I ask my son, oh, when did you get that? He says, whoa, why don't you go ask mom? (laughs) And I'll be honest with you, in the beginning it upset me because, you know, I wanted to be part of him getting something. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that works, which is fine. Um, You know, but my wife still does it. And now it's just an ongoing joke at all. Wow. Maybe, Maybe this texter is your wife. I'm I'm just saying. All right, man. Thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate it. Let's get another one here. Steve in Wauwatosa. Hi, Steve. Are you hiding things from your significant other? Love the show. I think uh, I was telling uh, the screener, it is every sportsman's nightmare. When he dies, his wife will sell his gear for what he claims he paid for it. And that's that's the honest to God's truth. I've been at Safari Club International for 40 years. Hmm. And I'm amazed at what some of these guys will spend on rifles and on gear. But uh, their wives would be clueless to, to what it actually is. And uh, I've heard horror stories. Is there is there a certain percentage? Is it a dollar amount that, that, that is kind of shaved off the top every time they report the pseudo cost? I don't know that it's that. I think... Uh, I've seen the same thing with everybody's. We call it a tackle box fund or a golf bag fund. I had a wonderful nephew that found his dad's stash in the golf bag, Ooh. and it was four or five hundred bucks. And uh, he was troubled because he found this money and thought he should tell his mother. And finally, confesses to his gosh, I found this money and it was in your golf bag and so much money. And he said, "Well, that that doesn't belong to you. That's me. It's between us." And three days later, the joke was Jonathan was a new partner. <laughs> it's uh, the girls. People should have a little stash of their own. 
mm. the old Mary Tyler Moore show where <laughs> where if you want to save your money to buy your significant other something special, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to account for every dollar. Okay. But I've seen guys spend eighteen, twenty thousand dollars on a rifle. And uh, good Lord, I, I don't know how they squeeze that one past the milk and then, money. And, and then tell their wife, oh, just a couple hundred bucks from a guy I know. All right. I appreciate Probably. it. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank, thanks so much. Uh, we'll, we'll end it on this. 414, my husband and I gave each other an allowance for fun and personal expenses. It rolls over month after month so we can save for and buy things without guilt. Fair enough. And finally, from the 480, this is Bill in Whitefish Bay. Scott, what planet do you live on? I've always shaved 10 to 50% off. Uh, the cost of a personal item or a hobby expense when discussing them when, with my wife. I'll tell you what, Bill. You know what planet I live on? I live on an honest planet. What kind of relationship? Are you leaning? <laughs> Thanks for that. Apparently it's true. Believe the survey. Apparently it is true. When we come back, before we make way for Bill Stad, Barclay, and the uh, Wisconsin's afternoon news crew, been on a lot of buses in my day. Many of you have as well. I've never sat in this, but one New Jersey passenger did. We know who will not be playing the role of the Penguin or the Riddler in the next edition and the next version of the Batman movie. And if you're in Japan, Domino's is offering something for you. A game of roulette with your pizza, so to speak. It'll be a Thursday Wagner Show edition of Great Scott. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Scott Warrison for Jeff Wagner. I'll be with you again tomorrow as Jeff takes a little longer uh, vacation, if you will. Long weekend in the desert, so to speak, for Jeff Wagner. And anytime I get a chance to fill in for anybody, but definitely for Jeff, we like to spend a little time doing Great Scott. We'll start in New Jersey, where a 69-year-old New York woman got on the number 164 bus around 2.20 in the afternoon yesterday at the intersection of Essex Street and Maywood Avenue. She sat down and, according to police, immediately felt a burning sensation on her leg. Care to venture a guess what she was sitting in? Look, we're all afraid maybe you sit on a bus public bench, something like that. You sit in gum or some other, who knows what, somebody spilled something. Well, apparently this particular New Jersey transit passenger suffered a leg injury when she inadvertently sat in sulfuric acid after boarding that bus. Police and the local hazmat unit responded, cleared all the passengers off the bus, The woman has been treated and released from an area hospital, but again, it may make you think twice the next time you board a bus or any public transportation. Gum, you can deal with. Maybe somebody spilled a soda there. You can handle a soda. But check for sulfuric acid before you sit down, because that will leave a mark. There's a new Batman movie coming out. It's due out... um, in 2021, right? Yes, in 2021, June of 2021. First of all, I didn't know that. Uh, you may have heard or not that playing the role of Batman this time, because um, Ben Affleck said, no, I'll pass. Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, the British actor, he of the Twilight saga, right? 
Well, here's a person who has turned down the opportunity. He had the choice. He could play the Penguin or the Riddler. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill will not be joining the highly anticipated project as the villain. After all, he has taken a pass. Failing to agree on a deal with Warner Brothers, according to Variety magazine, they were hoping that he would maybe play one of those two villains. It's not clear how the loss of Jonah Hill might affect the progress of The Batman, which had been expected to begin production either at the end of this year or early next year. I'm not sure if that's still going to be the case. You may have heard just this week, Zoe Kravitz was confirmed to star as Catwoman, opposite Robert Pattinson's Cape Crusader. Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing Commissioner Gordon in the latest Gotham story to hit the big screen. It's being written and directed by Matt Reeves. He was at the uh, forefront of Cloverfield, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Reeves picked up the project after Ben Affleck stepped down as both director and the star, you'll remember, of 2016's Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and 2017's Justice League. You know, Jonah Hill... It's skinny Jonah Hill now, so I don't know if he would have fit the Penguin, per se. When he was fat Jonah Hill, I could see him as the Penguin. But uh, you're not going to see him in the movie at all now. We'll see who ends up getting that role. Right, Scott! And for those of you who like spicy, hot flavors, it's not me. I have a very delicate palate, as I like to say. Domino's has introduced, for Halloween, limited time only, and in Japan, so... Okay, not here, but in Japan, it's called the Halloween Roulette Pizza. Now, why would they call it a roulette pizza? Well, Japan has a history of offering different and odd flavors on their pizzas. Sometimes they'll include ramen, sometimes little Kit Kat bites. But here they are again thinking outside the box with Halloween here. It is a Halloween roulette pizza It is even hotter than last month's jalapeno top pizza because they have taken ghost peppers. They have taken ghost peppers. They have liquefied the ghost peppers. And there is one piece. You know, you cut the the circular piece. One piece of that pizza will have been doused in the liquefied ghost pepper, which is one of not the most hot of peppers anymore there have been others that have since passed it but nevertheless it is still way up there in the official hot pepper rankings if you will so you order your pizza you're not told but one random slice is spiked with the ghost pepper liquid at no extra charge and they're offering the equivalent of $184 to 10 lucky people who post a video or photo of themselves enjoying or persevering, as it were, with the Halloween roulette pizza on Twitter, Instagram, or any number of social media avenues. So if you feel lucky, and I guess if you're in Japan, and you want to try this Domino's pizza, I'm just surprised this isn't happening here in the U.S., This is something that could be a big hit. Nevertheless, the Halloween roulette pizza, because you just don't know which slice of the pie will have the liquefied ghost peppers. Hmm. Sounds scary to me. That is a Thursday Wagner Show edition of Great Scott.